to She Gathering. My name is Shayla. My husband, TJ, and I actually pastor Coastal Community Church, and we love to create environments like this where people can come in and that they can connect with one another and they can grow in their relationship with God. So if you don't have a church and you're a guest here tonight, we would love to invite you to Coastal. We have lots of different services at a couple locations, and you got, I don't even know, we, do we have a slide for our service times? We didn't even go through, we didn't go through the slides, so it's all good. Um, there are actually service times on the back of your fan, so you guys can check those out. And, you know, one of the best things that I love about She Gathering is getting a group of women all in one place and seeing women gather in unity united with like this intense faith, just going after God, going after community with one another. And I think it's such a powerful thing when you get a group of women together. Because I, I, I tell people all the time, you want something done, get a woman to do it. And not only just a woman, get a single mom to do it. Because the single moms, those ladies can do anything. I'm, tell, I'm like, they have like four kids and they're a single mom, but yet they're showing up and serving and doing things for everybody else. Single moms, like, we got to give it up for you guys. Well, over the past few months, there's been like this constant theme that's been on my heart as I've been preparing for She Gathering. And it's something that I feel like God does every single time. There's something that he just kind of places in there and is like, Shayla, you are talking about this. Because I believe that he knew that every single one of you would be in this room here this evening and that you would need this message that he wants to tell you tonight. And so I'm excited to get to bring this to you, but here's what I know. In order for us to receive something from God, the, the Bible actually says that our hearts are like soil and his word is like a seed. Now his word, the seed, is always good. But the seed is only as good as the soil that it's planted in. And so tonight, before we get started, I just want to pray for the soil of our heart to be ready to receive the word that God wants to bring, that he wants to, I believe, use to challenge you to take some steps that might be uncomfortable. So we're going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for the privilege that it is to come into spaces like this and to worship you freely. God, I pray first of all for the air conditioner to kick on. <laughs> but second of all, God, I pray, Lord, that you would prepare the soil of our heart. God, because we know that the word you have to bring is good and it's wor a word that can produce good fruit in our life if our heart allows us to receive it. So I pray, God, that you would open our hearts to receive tonight your word, and it's in Jesus' name that we all said, amen. amen. So tonight, the theme of She Gathering is called The Power of She. The Power of She. Now, this doesn't mean some girl power like feminist, rah-rah, you know, we don't need any men kind of thing. This is the power of women in community. The power of friendship, the power of connecting with one another in community. Because as women, when we believe in one another, when we encourage one another, when we support one another, incredible things can happen. And you guys have those friends in your life that when they encourage you or when they come alongside of you, you feel like everything in life just kind of rises up and I can take on this next challenge. 
So tonight is all about the power of she. And I actually think we overlook this a lot of times. We overlook this idea of friendship or community so many times in life. And it's something that we neglect. Sometimes it's something we're fearful of. But tonight I want to challenge you guys to lean in to this idea of community. So the verse that's been sitting on my mind over the past few months is actually the verse Proverbs 27:17 and it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now you might be thinking, Shayla, why are you talking about iron sharpening iron? Like this is a women's event. Shouldn't we be talking about girly things? No, I think us as women, we are strong like iron. I think we have this strength. You know, iron is one of the strongest metals that there is. You know, and when the Bible is talking about iron sharpens iron, it says so does one person sharpen another. So the reality is, if we want to get better in life, if we want to get sharper in life, if we want to improve in life, if we want to move forward in life, then what do we need? We need other people. And I think there is so much packed into this little scripture, and I just want to unpack it just for you for a few minutes, because I think the first thing that this scripture shows us is that, number one, we have to recognize the value of community. You know, I, I think a lot of times, when you, when you look at this verse, you think about iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. Bringing out the axe. <laughs> you know, an axe is made of iron. Oh, you know what I didn't bring up here? Half of my illustration. <laughs> hmm. I'll just, I'll just... I'm going to destroy something. That's okay. So, you know, the thing, the thing that this, this table is, is going to be in trouble. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so I think what happens in life, a lot of us are working really hard, right? And Axe is a, is a working tool. It's something that you're using to, to chop down a tree or to do some sort of work. And I think what happens in life is, is we go around and, and there's wood. I was supposed to have a piece of wood up here. But we're working through life. We're working on our job. We're working on trying to be successful. We're working on our education. We're working, working working at so many different things, just pounding the axe, working on things. But you know what? This verse isn't saying that the work or the wood sharpens the iron. And I think a lot of us are working really hard in life. We're working really hard at our career. We're working really hard in our family. We're working really hard in our education. We're working really hard to get those social media followers. But that isn't what sharpens our life. It's actually other people. And if we don't recognize the value of community, what is going to happen is we're going to continue to work at all of these things. And do you know what it's going to do? It's going to dull the blade in our life. And I think there's a lot of people in here that you feel depleted, that you feel worn out because you've just been working and working and working and trying to do all of the things. 
and you haven't recognized the value of community. Because the work doesn't bring the replenishment, the iron does. And if we don't realize the value of other people in our life, we will end up living a depleted life, just working, working, working away at all of these things. And we are missing the point of how God wants to sharpen our life, and that is through community. It is through other people. And if we don't recognize the value of the community, we are going to just end up feeling just defeated and deflated because we're just working away and working away. You know what, it, what I've realized is, is that it is impossible for one tool to become sharper without the presence of another. And I think there's a lot of us in this room that have probably been living in isolation, thinking if I just can get more, if I just can do more, if I just get to this place, then I'll feel this, this, this freedom, then I'll feel this victory, then I'll feel replenished. When I get to this place in my job or my family or when I have this kid, and that's not it. The replenishment, the refining, the things that God wants to do comes through the community of iron sharpens iron and other people in our life, not what we can do, who we surround ourselves with and so who do you have in your life that is sharpening you that is making you better that is strengthening those places in your life I think the scripture also shows us this number two you have to get uncomfortable do you think this is comfortable probably not you know what it's doing it's wearing off all the rigid edges and it's making it sharper and I think a lot of women go into to relationships and community and they think, well, it should just be easy. We should just connect and it'll be fine and we all think about the same things and it'll be great. Community is hard. Friendships take work. It's difficult. It doesn't just happen. There's something uncomfortable about it. There's something uncomfortable that happens in our life when iron begins to sharpen iron. And here, here's, ladies, here's what I've realized, especially as women. There's a lot of us in this room that are iron deficient. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it in your own life. Think about it in our body. Our body needs iron. What happens when we don't have enough iron is we become anemic. Do you know what iron actually does in our body? It's a major carrier, it's a major component of our blood. The type of protein in the red blood cells that carries oxygen from your lungs to all the other parts in your body. And without enough iron, there aren't enough red blood cells to transport oxygen, which leads to fatigue. There's a lot of us that are tired because we're working. We need some people that are willing to help us get a little bit uncomfortable. Because you know what? People that sharpen you in life, people that make you better, they're having hard conversations with you. They're going, man, I'm going to see something that you're not going to see. And we live in a very offended culture where it's like, I can't believe she would say that to me. <laughs> but here's the deal. Do you have people that love you? That are be because good people, iron sharpens iron kind of people, they're saying stuff to you to make you better, not to drag you down. 
And we need some people in our life that are there to have hard conversations. Go, Shayla, I'm not sure that, that you see this very often, but you're really centered on yourself a lot. <laughs> people are, that wasn't supposed to be funny. But they're willing to call out some difficult things. And you trust them enough to go, you know what, I'm going to let that sharpen me. I'm going to let that make me better. I'm going to make that improve. Because you know what, when somebody comes in and they bring you some encouragement and they challenge you and they go, Shayla, I know you don't think you can do that, but I think you can. I believe you can. And I want to speak life and encouragement into you. Then I can, sorry guys, like I can really like chop away and keep going because I'm not a dull blade anymore just working away at things. I'm sharper because of the people in my life, but it's uncomfortable. And can I just say something, ladies? We need to stop the gossiping. Okay? We need to be on the same team, cheering each other on, making each other better. Because you know what? Talking about somebody else, talking bad about somebody else doesn't lift you up. It actually pulls you down. And here's what I know, just, just a little tidbit. If somebody is gossiping to you, I can guarantee you they're gossiping about you. And so if, you, if somebody wants to come chitter-chatter all of those things about Susie so-and-so, you just about face and walk the other way because they're not sharpening you. They're making you dull. But the right people sharpening, it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. And we need women in our life that strengthen us and make us better. But then here's what I think this scripture also means. Is that you have to be for others what you need for yourself. Now, here's, here's what I've heard so many times. Shayla, nobody ever calls me to go out to dinner or to hang out. Nobody ever thinks of me. It's just so hard sometimes to connect with people because I'm just, I'm just shy. You know what the Bible says in Galatians? It says, that which you sow, you also reap. So what if that need was actually your seed. What if that need that you have, nobody ever invites me, turns into your seed and goes, okay, I'm going to be the one that invites other people. Because in sowing, you will also reap. If you don't have somebody to strengthen you, be the strengthener. Be the iron for someone else. And eventually that iron will begin to come back to you and begin to strengthen your own life. But sometimes we have to be for someone else what we desperately need for ourselves. And you guys, I could go around this room and I hear it all the time. I have the same track playing in my own head. I, I could ask a, a show of hands around this room to say the, the thoughts that go on in our head and the things that we think about why we can't connect in relationship and the fears that we have. And I could say, hey, how many of you guys, whatever it would be, and half the hands in this room would raise because other people are feeling the same way that you are. They're just waiting for somebody else to plant the seed. And so what if, if you don't have the person to be the iron, be the iron? Because it is iron that sharpens iron. Not the work, not the striving, not the success, not the followers. It is the people that you have in your life. So if you're dull, if you're worn out, if you're depleted, I want you to ask yourself, 
who do I have in my life that's sharpening me? Who am I sharpening? Who am I making better? You know, in this last season of my life, I've looked for ways to, to be able to, to sharpen myself. Sometimes that's looking for a friend. Sometimes it's looking for a, a mentor. Sometimes it's looking for somebody that's outside of your circle to go, man, will you, will you come in and speak life and truth into my life? And I've been in a season where I've wanted to challenge my own self to move forward in things. And so I actually reached out to a lady who is a life coach She's been a counselor. She is a mindset coach. She is incredible at everything that she does. And, and I'm actually going to invite her to come up. It's my friend, Jen. She's going to come up. And, and she and I are going to actually have a little conversation because I think they're going to bring out some chairs for us. And we're just going to go through a couple things real quick because I, oh gosh, I don't want the axe to fall on my toes. Um. <laughs> Girls try to do everything, right? Even the men are standing there, and you're just like, I'll do it. So this is my friend, Jen Bowie. Hello, ladies. I've heard so much about you, so I finally get to meet you. And let me tell you, you guys are friendly. <laughs> Your energy is amazing. So I love yes. all the enthusiasm. In fact, I was telling Shayla just the other day, enthusiasm in the Greek means in Christ. So you yep. guys are doing that so well. Yes, I love it. Well, I invited Jen because she and I have talked through so many different things when it comes to how we, how we think about things and process through things. And I think this is an area that so many people get tripped up in. I think this is something that hinders, especially women, from moving forward in relationships sometimes. And so I wanted to bring Jen up for a conversation because she has so many great tools and just thoughts on how we can see things from a different perspective. So Jen, I wanted to dive in and just really quick ask you a question because I think a lot of people can relate. What are some of the reasons that people don't engage in relationship? Especially, I, I believe probably the ladies, you could shout out some and you know, it right. would be the, the same. I think for each of us, we have all these thoughts that we think about ourselves, right? I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I'm not funny yep. enough. I'm always left out. I think I'm awkward sometimes. I think I'm too serious. I love deep things. And so I've had to even reframe that for myself because I'll say I'm too serious. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm kind of AKA yeah, like boring. It's a like negative it's a thing. thing. Yes. Right. Right. Um, and so I think there's a lot of different reasons. We maybe have been burnt in the past by past relationships. Mm -hmm. Maybe relationships were not modeled well for us growing up. So we don't even know what it looks like to have a healthy mm -hmm. relationship. So I think behind all of this, though, is fear. Yep. And who uses fear to still kill and destroy? The enemy. Yep. The enemy. This is MO. His tactics are always the same. Yep. So what do you, when, with some of your clients, what do you do? Because I'm, I'm sure you hear this all the time. What do you say someone, to somebody that's made some of these excuses, girls? Mm -hmm. No one in here, right? <laughs> well, the first thing I would tell her is you need to be thinking about your thinking. This is called metacognition. Now, many of us go about our day and we're having all these thoughts and we're just being blown and tossed by the wind and we are just thinking that life's happening to us. But the reality is your thoughts dictate the way you view the world, yeah. the way you experience the world, and the way you view yourself. So I want you to be thinking about your thoughts. Yeah. Now, the Bible says, as a man think, so shall he be. Who's heard that before? Proverbs. Yep. yep. Power, powerful verse. In fact, 
God is the designer of mindset. It was his whole idea, yeah. right? He said, be transformed, finish it for me, by, by the, the renewing, renewing of, of your, your mind. mind. Sorry, by the renewing of yep. your mind. Take every thought captive. So the first thing I would say is pay attention to your thinking. Yeah. What are you thinking? Are those thoughts actually serving the woman that God has called you to be? Are you speaking thoughts over yourself that are the destiny of who God created wow. for you? Right? You have a purpose and you were created on purpose for that purpose. I and mean, let's, let's I think about this for okay. a second. Because even in the light of, of what we just talked about is like thinking that God created us for community. But so many of us allow the devil to talk us out of it in our brain, right? Yes. He, we, he, we allow him to like get in those thoughts of like, I'm too serious so people aren't going to like me. Or I'm awkward so I can't connect in community. And that's the exact opposite of what God would want for the purpose of our life. And so why, like, we have to filter our thoughts. We do. Yes. yes. We have to filter our thoughts and take those captives. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is we have to remember that our thoughts create our identity. It's how we see ourselves. So the second thing I would tell you is pay attention to the story that you're telling yourself about you. Yep. Pay attention to what you're saying. We all have these tapes, right? And we've heard this before that are running in the back of our head. And we're constantly identifying with things that are happening in our life, experiences that are basically confirming what we already believe. Mm. And so we have to take that filter off. Sometimes I'll use this visual with clients. It's almost like we have these like muddy sunglasses because we're just using this filter that is negative yeah. and it's not truth-based. But when we take those sunglasses off and we have been redeemed daughters of the king, hello. That's right, that's right. Then we get to actually walk in our purpose and we get to walk in the truth of who we are. And you have seen a woman, every single one of us, I know I have, when, when we see a woman who is walking and who they are, isn't it powerful? Yes. Aren't you like, man, what's going on with her? This is what I call clear people because they don't have any glasses on. They mm. know who they are. They are clear people. How many of you guys feel like you need to take your glasses off? Mm, good, great question. Anybody want to admit Me. it? Like Me. I do a lot I of do. times. Yes. yes. Like we see ourselves in a certain way. We've got that story going on in our head. Absolutely. One like quick little story yeah. that I like to tell, and, and it's just a really elementary way of understanding this, is if you grew up and you were always bad in math, let's just say just math wasn't your thing. You kind of constantly struggled in it. So what happens is, is, is that seed yep. gets planted. Oh, not good in math. All right, here comes algebra. Calculus is a struggle. All right, so what happens is this tape in your head, how it will manifest in your adult life is you will tell yourself you're bad at budgeting. Mm. That's how that happens. You can't budget. You can't pay your bills on time. You're always in debt. Da, 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 da. Now what the enemy is going to do is he's going to place his seed and say, see, you're not responsible. See, wow. life circumstances just happen. Life is bad. No, you believed a lie and you need to know the truth. And That's the right. truth is in your thoughts. Yes, I love it. So good. You know, we were, we were talking earlier. I'm trying to find it in, in, our, in our notes because you told me a story about your daughter. Okay, Piper. Um, so Piper, she is my, so I have four. I have an eight, nine, and 10-year-old, and then I have an 18-month-old. Uh, she was our sweet little COVID surprise, mm -hmm. if you will. But Piper... <laughs> Wow, that still works. Okay, great. Um, and so Piper's my youngest of my oldest, and she's my, like, she's all the personality, lots of competitiveness in her. So she cannot stand when her older brother and sister are way ahead of her. So we were out riding bikes one day, and they're buzzing through, going so fast yeah. on their bicycle. And here she is on her training wheels, like, just pedaling along. 
and she throws her bike down and she gets so frustrated and she's highly emotional, which I just love about her. And I'm like, babe, what's wrong? And she's like, they're always going so fast. I'm always the last one. La, 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 la. Always, 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 right? I'm kind of playing victim mentality. And so I look at her and I scoop her little head up in my, in my two hands and I just said, Piper, you have everything you need to ride on that bike. Your legs are strong. You're resilient. You're determined. You can do it. Get up there and act like you know that you can do it. <laughs> so I told her, I want two phrases from you. What are the two phrases you're going to keep telling yourself over and over and over again until you can ride the bike? And she said, I'll never give up, and I can do it. And so it took her about eight times, and that little girl got on that bike, and I never saw her since. She's <laughs> I think that's so powerful. Yeah. But what, listen, here's the thing, and this is what I was explaining to Shayla earlier. You have a heavenly father that's doing that for you at any moment of the day that you need it. Look in his word. Listen to his words when you are praying and when you are journaling. He is telling you who you are. Mm -hmm. And so just like we can do that for our kids or our grandkids or our neighbor or the kids that we foster. Listen, you have a heavenly father that wants to do that for you. And so we have to pay attention. Well, and I think, too, just, just by what you asked Piper to do, like tell me two things that you're going to, you know, that you're going to say when those things happen that make you get up again. And I think we could all use that in, in our own life because we know the things that trip us up and the lie that we keep believing. Mm -hmm. And so how do we, you know, maybe you guys need to write down what are the things that you're going to tell yeah. yourself when that thing comes up again, what are you going to say that's going to make you overcome that and to begin to, to move through that situation a little bit differently? Absolutely. And I'll have you write this down. When you are learning, because this is what clients will say, and even women I talk to, how do I take a thought captive? I think it's a great question. Mm. Here's what you're going to do. You're just going to be aware. Just be aware. Yep. Listen, when you have tension in your life, when you're frustrated all of a sudden, you're driving down the road, you all of a sudden got annoyed, a friend called you and like you're in a bad mood. Pay attention to the tension. Mm. And then here's what I want you to do. Think about your thinking. What am I thinking about? Yep. What am I believing? What's the story I'm telling myself? So yep. these three steps, I want you to catch it. I want you to examine it. And I want you to align it with the word of God. Yeah. Okay. Love it. So I want you to catch it, examine it, and align it with the word of God. And then you make your move. Then Love you make it. your decision. So another question that I have for you that I think we can talk through a little bit is kind of the who question. Who should we have in our life? Because I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, have relationships that are difficult or maybe there's tension in the relationship, there's toxic things in the relationship. So, you know, yes. who should we be around? That's a great question. And I think for each of us, it's going to be unique. And here's yeah. the cool part is that I believe that you get to define success for yourself. Yep. You get to decide who's right for you. No one's telling you. I think as women, we're natural at nurturing and we feel bad, heaven forbid, that we actually are a little honest with ourselves about how someone makes us feel about ourselves. <laughs> and so we feel like we have to be friends with everyone or, or we can't put that distance. Yeah. So who needs to be in our life are the women who are sharpening us, yep. the women who are for us, the women who are willing to celebrate us, yep. the women who want us to, mm -hmm. to see us mm -hmm. to the fruition of who God has us yep. to be, right? Yep. So that's who you need to have in your life. Um, I think about what it looks like to actually assess. I think we don't ever really stop and think about who is in our life. We just like get this big table and we just keep pulling people around and we're like, wow, it's a lot of friendships to manage. Yeah. How am I going to do all this? How am I going to make everyone happy? 
Yeah. We, tell me the Bible verse where it says, make everyone happy and put yourself it's last good. all the time. It's good. Preach Not going to find it. Nope. No. Nope. God wants you just as happy as he wants you to be happy as well. It is a give and take situation. So yeah. we want to make sure that the people who are in our life, mm-hmm. that they align with who God made us. Yes. So, uh, yeah, there's three questions. Yeah. Are you going to go there? No, go ahead. Well, yeah. there's three things. When I think about assessing, as I want you to think about these three things, what relationships are currently in your life that are life-giving? What relationships are life-giving? And then I want you to ask, what relationships are draining you? And be honest, you're not a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's not your responsibility to take responsibility for other people's actions. Yeah. If Sally Sue is not being a kind friend and she is putting you down, that is just the facts. You're not being a bad person. So be honest about who's actually draining you. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing that we talked about is why don't we ro- leave room for maybe what you're longing for? Mm. Listen, right now, I've just recently walked away from a group of friends. Super painful. I kind of ironic. I was almost in tears about it. And then Shayla called me, and I'm like, isn't God funny? Wow, this is great. <laughs> but here's what I know. I'm not afraid. Yeah. I'm not fearful. God's got friends lined up for me. But you know what? I'm in a holding place right now. I'm waiting for God to fill that table with the women that will challenge and champion me to my next level self. Because the women who are currently in my life right now, they have helped me get here, but they're not really willing to help me get there. And that's where God's calling me. So when you're clear about your vision, when you know who God's called you to be, you're not afraid. And you do it anyways, and you do it unapologetically. But there is a way, listen, there is a way to honor yourself and honor them. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to shut them off. You don't have to not call them again. Listen, this group of women, they don't even know. Okay? Just, just between me and God. It's cool. Yeah. We're, I'm backing up a little bit so because I'm ready. I'm ready for that next level, and I need new friendships to do that. Well, and I think something that you said is so important. You know, if we know who we want to be and, like, where we're going, you, you know the kind of people that you're looking for and you need in your life to, to get you to that place. And I think it's a good thing to even evaluate and go, who do I want to be or where do I want to be going in life so you know, you know who some of those people are. Okay, so this is a big one, I think, for a lot of people. And I I talk to so many women who are struggling in this place in life, and it's this, how do I move forward when I've been hurt or burned in a relationship? Mm. (laughs) How many of you guys have been hurt, burned in a relationship? It's pretty painful. It's scary to move on. It's scary to risk again. It's scary to trust again. Like, I've been there a lot. Yes. Yes, I think we can all relate. I think the first thing is that I, I want to challenge you to take the time to process it. Take the time to process it and to validate your experience. I think as women, we get hurt, we get bitter, gossip at times, mm-hmm. and then we just move on past it. And we're, we're kind of taking all this baggage with us, right? And we're taking all those expectations and all those disappointments into yeah. the next relationship. So how do you move forward? The first step is going to be to heal. Be mm-hmm. honest with yourself. What's, what really happened? What part of it was yours to own? What part of it was theirs to own? And then you need to really think about how you're feeling and what you learned from it yeah. so that you walk away from this situation better. Mm-hmm. You walk away more refined. You walk away being a better iron sharpener yep. for your next friend. Yep. The next thing is that I want you to decide who you want to be with and mm-hmm. what that's going to look like, who you're going to be and who you, yeah. those future yes. friendships are going to be. Yes. 
um, and decide what's the story you're going you're gonna to tell yourself about this broken relationship. Listen, when these friends hurt me, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm not being invited to a, a party. It's like I put it out there. I want to be invited. Friends I've been friends with for a while. Um, and just straight up no invite after I literally said I wanted to be invited. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. For the first day and a half, I took it real personal. Yeah. Something's wrong with me. I'm unworthy. I must have done something bad. Maybe I'm not a good enough friend. Maybe they don't like this about me. Maybe they don't like that about me. You know what God said? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yep. I'm like, you're right. You are valuable, and you need to walk in your own identity. Yep. And you need to decide that they're great people. They're just not for you. That's right. That's and right. And so that's the story I'm telling myself. And so I actually recently got reinvited to something. I was literally so surprised. Even my husband was like, wow, that's kind of odd. Um, <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, this is, okay, this is kind of fun. But the cool part is I got to go and just love them. Yeah. Just got to love them. Yeah. And not in spite, but out of true, authentic, yeah. I love you because I actually love myself. That's good, Jen. Right? My yes. heavenly father loves me. And I'm receiving that, and I'm receiving the truth about me, so I just get to love you right on back. Right. Right? And the cool thought part about that is that there's this thing called the self-fulfilling prophecy, which I'm sure we're all a little bit aware of. But when you're thinking a certain way, right, you're Mm -hmm. thinking a certain way about yourself. I'm not lovable. Then you're going to behave that way. So you kind of walk in. You're a little shy, right? You're, like, hidden behind the corner. You're not taking the opportunity to meet somebody. And then you walk out with the reality that you've already decided for yourself with your thoughts. And then you go, why is no one like me? Because you need to think different. You yes. need to think different. That's right. Okay, so that's what, that's, we got to decide. So decide what the story is going to be for this broken relationship and make sure that it serves your future self and that it is in alignment with who God has called you. That's right. So one of the things that Jen and I walked through in our time together is this thing that was super powerful for me. And so I asked her just to real quick kind of go through this thing about how, how do we kind of shift our mindset in some of those situations to get a different result than what we've always been getting. And so, Jen, I'd love for you just to talk through that that grilled real quick. I think we have some slides yes, for it we as well. Yes, we have some slides. So this is like, guys, this is like, this is the big thing I do in my coaching. So we're just getting into a coaching class right yep. here real quick. Love it. This is called the grid, and this is how you are going to put your mind on paper. So I really want you to take a screenshot, take notes. But if you want to know how to manage your mind walking away, this is how you're going to do it. So you're first going to have a circumstance, okay? Something's going to happen. Maybe a friend hung up on you. Maybe your husband walked out and didn't say goodbye. I don't know what the situation is. It can be anything, but it has to be factually based. It cannot be an opinion, um, Mm -hmm. right? I Mm -hmm. put this tablet down on the table, fact-based. Something has happened, and you are going to have a thought about it, okay? From your thought, your thought dictates your feelings, okay? So if you're angry... Angry, that's not a great one because angry is actually a secondary emotion. There's a little extra credit for you. Um, Anger is a secondary emotion. So underneath anger, you're going to have frustration, uh, unseen, unheard, um, forgotten. Okay, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of other emotions under anger. But let's say um, you're feeling sad. There's a thought that created that sadness. So if if you never like how you're feeling, you just got to change your thoughts. It's really not quite that easy, but basically, okay? Um, and then from your feelings, you take action. If you're feeling sad, do you think you're going to go hang out with your girlfriends at the movies? Nope. But if you change that thought and say, man, I'm so thankful I had friends that called me on a Friday night, that's going to change your feeling to a little bit probably hopeful. You think you'll go? Yeah. Yeah. 
you're gonna change your actions. And your actions create your lived reality, what you get out of life. So Shayla and I walk through this in so many different ways, but this is what I walk all of my clients through. This is how you manage your mind on paper. Mm -hmm. At any point in your life, at any point during your day, you can put your mind and you can figure out where you are on this grid at any moment. Some of us feel better starting it with feelings. I'm a feeler, so I always go with what I'm feeling first and I kind of have to backtrack and figure out what I'm thinking about. And you can change it. And here's the thing. I want to be real clear, especially with mindset work, and it's it's okay. And, and, and Jesus had so many emotions. It's not that we always want to change negative to positive. It's just that we want to be thinking and feeling on purpose. Yeah. On purpose, right? Yeah. So if you've been, if you've been betrayed and, and you feel disappointed and frustrated by that, you're allowed to feel that. Just make sure that it's on purpose and that the enemy isn't throwing you along a loop here and Good. making you believe something that's not true. Just make sure it's intentional. Yeah. Yeah, we, let's walk through real, just yeah, really quick an example. I think they have yes. a slide for an example. So you guys can like see how, we actu- how this actually plays out in our life and how we can flip that. Yes, okay, so this is, this is written down and we're going to flip it, okay? So the circumstance here we talked about was I was hurt by my best friend. So if you're hurt by your best friend and you're just going about life and you're not thinking about your thoughts, you're probably going to be saying, I'll get hurt again. Because if you're desiring community, yeah. right? I'll get hurt again. Is there something wrong with me? I can't find a friend like that again. It takes too much time. This always happens to me. Mm-hmm. These are always words, okay? If you're, if you're thinking those thoughts, you're going to feel all these feelings. Fear, rejection, sad, disappointed, alone, brokenhearted, yep. powerless. Why? Why are you powerless in this situation? Look at your thoughts. Yeah. It has to do with everything outside of you. Yep. Okay? If you're feeling powerless, you need to take power back by making it internal, what you can control. Okay? So get back in your control bucket, and you're going to feel all right. Okay. So here, if you're feeling all these feelings, you're not going to be engaged. You're not going to take any action on engagement. You're going to hold back. You're going to stay surface level, and you're going to isolate, which then the reality goes back and affirms the thoughts. This is why your thoughts are so important. This is why Jesus and God were the king of this, because he knew. He knew. Yep. Okay, so if you don't want to feel this way, we're going to flip it so you can go to the next slide. The circumstance is the same, right? Nothing has changed. Our mindset has changed. Our thoughts have changed. This has been painful. We can be honest, but we're always going to anchor it with a solution-based response. This sucks. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. This isn't the story I would have written. And yet, therefore, I will. Okay, you're going to finish that off like that. So this has been painful, yet I'm healing. And I'm still open. I'm still open. God's got me, right? I'm worthy of being loved well. I can trust again. God is my anchor. This friendship, look at that. Ooh, doesn't define me. Yeah, that's right. Yes, ma'am. That's right. Right? Doesn't define me. All right, and then our feelings, hopeful, worthy, grounded. And if we're feeling all those things, we're going to go back and be engaged in community. We're going to be open up for new friendships. We're going to seek opportunities. We're going to trust God. We're going to love other people, and we are going to sharpen iron, ladies. Yes. Right? Yes. And then our reality is going to be that we're living in truth, and we're connected, and we are exactly where God wanted us to be. Again, it goes right back up to reaffirming our thoughts. Can you guys see how much, how we think about things shapes the results that we're getting in our life? Like, it is such a powerful thing when we can begin to, to shift our perspective and our thoughts because it's going to dictate what we get out of our life. And I, I want you guys to, to do a little exercise with me. And, and this is going to be, honestly, it's going to be one of those moments that's the get uncomfortable moment. But when we want a different reality and we want a community that sharpens us and that iron sharpens iron and it makes us better, then we have to get uncomfortable in life. 
And so I'm going to kind of force you guys to do something. We're going to go to an after party in a couple minutes. We're going to have a good time. We're going to take lots of pictures. It's going to be amazing. But I'm the kind of person that goes, I want there to be something produced out of this time. And I want to take this and make it actionable for every single one of you guys. So we're going to put up a, a countdown clock on for about 8 to 10 minutes. I don't know what they have it set for. And we're going to get uncomfortable. So I'm going to throw three questions on the screen. And I want you guys to, to get with five, six, eight people that are right around you. Turn around in your seats. Go down your row. I don't care what it is. I want you guys to answer these questions. Don't, don't be like, oh, my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. I'm leaving. Just change your thoughts. Change your thoughts. This is going to be so much fun, and I might gain new friends out of it. Because let me tell you something. Last time we did this, last time we did this, there has been so many women that have come up to me and gone, Shayla, that was so uncomfortable, but I'm still talking to those women that I turned around and talked to a year later. We're still in a text thread. Those are the people I call when I need prayer or when I'm down. This, this moment right here, you can build some relationships in the uncomfortable moment. So let's just take a couple minutes and do this, and then Susie's going to come up here and get crazy and, and send us to the after party. So, Jen, thank you so much for coming and doing this. That was, that you, was great. Y'all are so fun. So okay, fun. so they're going to throw up the questions, and we're going to put on a little bit of music. I'm going to go stand at the doors and lock them. You got those two on your feet. Oh. All right. Hit it, guys. <laughs> 